Welcome to These Are Good Days with Leanne Miller and Matt Barris. Well, Matt, you've learned how to make the Dawn Power Wash. Oh, the the Dawn Power Wash. <laughs> we both love is it. Revolutionary, and I wanted a hack because. One, it's expensive. Yes. But two, it works so dang well. Yes. And three, we love Listen, the lazy genius and she would love that you're doing this. Yes. That. So I have a confession about it. I've been, we've been using it in the kitchen, but the other day I was like, huh, I wonder what it would do on the toilet. So I took it in our little half bath next to the kitchen, did a little spray, let it sit. Beautiful. Here's what it is. Let me tell you. It is mostly water. Okay. Two ounces of Dawn dish soap. Okay. And I think it was like one ounce of rubbing alcohol. Okay. And that's okay. all okay. it is. All right. Well, you know what it is. You know what you're buying. You know what you're buying. You're what? buying the bottle, the sprayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it gives you like this really Action, cool man. foam. Action. You feel like you're doing something really yes. fancy. I love this stuff. I'm it's probably not, not going to make it, but I'd be happy if you make it. And once <laughs> you find, you. <laughs> and once you find out the proper dimensions, the measurements, and all of that, we can come back yeah. later. Yeah. Give those proper dimensions. I think you should try to make just... it though before you buy it again. Just try it. And if it doesn't work. Well, I already work, bought some <laughs> about an hour ago. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, I love That's hilarious. Stuff. I love it. Okay. That's hilarious. It has a good smell, though. It has a very oh, unique I, fragrance. Listen, the alcohol is what, to me, the alcohol component is what makes it clean, lovely. Yeah, that's the power. That's yeah, the power and, and part. And disinfect. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What's your good day, Matt? <sighs> My good day is spring has sprung. Like the birds are singing. If we yes, lived in the 18, 1700s, the maypole would be maying. Oh, yeah. The children would be ringing <laughs> around the rosy. True. All of the things. All of it. Because it, it's broken. We have been in a season of rain for. <laughs> Did you say it's broken? It's bro- like in a good way. Yeah. Like oh, spring yeah, 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 is yeah, broken yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yes. It's like a baby chick yes, bursting just, forth. But yes. And so. Wow. Um, I know there was a lot of metaphors. It was like a <laughs> like a Broadway musical yeah. almost, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but like in word. But we just had such a great day puttering with our like we had the all the oh, windows open. Yeah. We were on the porch. We ate on the deck. Yeah, we the kids were playing in the yard. The yes. grass was mowed. You it's know green. those days where you just green. get it done. Yes, that felt so good. And I I love when we don't have anything planned. Yes. And the kids were just in and out all day and playing and outside. And then Luke was like, I want to read a book outside. And then it's like, let's get out beach towels and lay in the yard and play beach and Star Wars. And those those are good days. Yeah, yes. Those are good true. days when our kids oh, are. It's what we say at using... the end. It seems ordinary, but it's actually just so extraordinary. Yeah. You know, yeah. and what, you know, was I a little annoyed that they wanted to get out clean beach towels and put them in the grass a little bit? But it's worth it. Yeah, it's so worth it's it. It's worth it's it. It's true. That's so good. Um, I, have to, I have to tell you this real quick. When I came in the house, um, Mallory was telling me about something something that she had learned on a podcast. Not not our podcast, but yeah. she listens to our Wait, podcast. But you're she, telling me she's listening to <laughs> other podcasts. <laughs> she, and um, and uh, Remy was standing there with her little pasty in her mouth. And I love when she has her little pasty. She was, yeah. get, she was ready for bed. She said, are you a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> are you a podcast? She said, are you a podcast? <laughs> yes, I am. I said, yes, I am, I, I am a podcast. I am a podcast. She had chocolate all over her mouth because uh-huh. she'd eaten ice cream. She had a little she drumstick. Said, are you a podcast? That's so funny. You are a podcast. All right, what's your good day? My good day is very similar to yours. Recently, um, we had friends in from out of town, and before they came in, 
town, I have, you know, I have areas in my house mm-hmm, that are mm-hmm. like that that go neglected. Like I, I pile things. You know this like the about end me. of your dining room you, you table. You know this about me. You your live laundry with us. room. You, you remember the counter in Walnut Creek? Oh, that where, one where, little counter. Yeah, the, yep. I and the other day, I said enough. <gasps> You put your foot down. I'm like, all day, I'm not leaving this driveway. I am going to get stuff done in this house. Mm. I'm going to get the... There's a there's a counter in our laundry room because yes. I can shut the door uh, that I just pile things but on. You, everybody needs those spaces, They though. do, but, but we do, but then we need the day where we say... Enough. Not one more thing on the right. pile. It's it's all got to get right. cleaned out. And, um, yeah, so I... Um, I did that and it felt really good. Did you and find then, anything like exciting that you're like, oh, I forgot I had this. Oh yeah. I found a lot of things like that. <laughs> um, but I, I'm just glad I got it done. It's a really good feeling when you get something like that done yeah. when it's been just kind of bugging you. Yeah. So I got that done. That's and, a good time and, coming. And I, I really, um, you know, I know you know this about me, but, and probably maybe I've said it before on here, but I really do love being at home. Yeah. Like, and I love, I love, yeah, yeah, or yeah. I love some order at home. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I do, I do love like my spaces. Right. So I want them to be like cozy and comfortable and, right. and, um, and, and maybe people would know this by observing Daryl, but Daryl's particular. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't demand anything of me, but he likes to come home mm-hmm. when he, and see when I have been home right. and, and really paying attention yeah. and I have supper ready and all of yeah. that. It's just, oh, it, yeah. I think it feels good to him too after totally. a long day of work. So, and it just feels good when your space is like, you feel like you, I feel like I can breathe. Yes. Like the There's something off. that untangles in my brain. It's totally. the strange, it's the strange, in, most interesting thing. Totally. I feel that way about bed making. Like I just, I, I, when I make my bed, then I feel like, I don't know. There's something that happens where I feel like, okay, now yeah, like you're in like a long-term bed making challenge. I am. 2019 first day wow. I did it. The first day of 2019. I'm like, I'm making and my you've bed, made your every, bed day. every day. Well, I've missed twice, but, but wow. I, yeah, I'm keeping track of how many times I missed because <laughs> I, because I really, I, I went so many years jumping out of bed and just running that and not making the bed that I was like, you know, this is going to become like, this is going to be something I do so that, you know, I feel, I feel like my house, it helps me just feel like my house is put together. I don't know why that is, but it just does. That's good. Hey, well today we wanted to hit on a topic that's really uh, close to both of us. Yes. And it's something that you had talked about maybe two weeks ago or a week ago on your Instagram that just resonated with a lot of people. Yes. And it is family estrangement. Yes. Or family Um, dysfunction. Yeah. Trouble, family hardship, family challenge. So we... I think we started off our last week's podcast saying we won't, we kind of wanted to talk about it, but we put it on the back burner mm-hmm. so we could kind of mm-hmm. think about it mm-hmm. a little bit and mm-hmm. get our thoughts together. And mm-hmm. so we wanted to jump into that today. Yes. But before we really just start sharing from our hearts, you know, it's I love getting like a full picture of what this looks like, um, because I think it's important for us to see who's dealing with this, why people deal with this, what does it look like for other people. Um, so I got this from the New York Times okay. um, and some of the things that they were sharing about family estrangement and what that looks like. It says right now, 27% of people in America are estranged or have a very strong boundary with a family member. Wow. And 40% of people in America have experienced that. Wow, 40%. That's, 40% that's have. That's pretty high. Maybe not currently, but they have at have. some point wow. in their life. Now, 
here's my question for you. Who do you think in, when you think about a family unit, who is initiating the boundary or who is initiating these shifts or changes? Would you say it's the children or the parent if it was a child parent relationship? Oh, wow. I, you know, I would, I would guess do you have the answer? Mm-hmm. Am I, okay. Yeah. My guess is it's going to be the children initiating it with either other siblings or their parents. Yep. That's going to be my guess. Yeah. Typically, when these studies were done, typically it's children or younger generations that initiate boundaries or initiate yeah. having these things. Yeah. And you know. You know why I guess that. Tell me. Because I feel like I'm pretty mentally and emotionally healthy. I'm not mm-hmm. perfect, but you know, I've I went to counseling for right. 11 years right and and our boys still uh implement boundaries with me right <laughs> <laughs> that's really um, funny yeah that's and funny. so so and it's because they're learning things that you know that i didn't learn at their age right that that need to be put in place well and to that end i think i think the word there's this comedian that we have stumbled upon yeah. leanne i forget her last name but she's real Southern and oh, she talks funny. about how she's her so kids funny. have boundaries and how they talk about boundaries and blah, blah, blah. I think boundaries have gotten a bad, they have a negative connotation, but the reality is, is boundaries in relationships, they're really just parameters for how we can love each other well right. and how right. we can keep a level of respect right. and how we can engage in a way that feels positive and feels healthy. Right. Um, now, when you look at the list of why do people, do you have that lady's name? Yeah, Leanne Morgan. Leanne Morgan. She has a so Netflix special funny. out right now. Oh, she talks about, um, she talks about, a, uh, she, there's a reel that, she, that uh, on the Netflix reel, she talks about uh, diet pills. I mean, Dexa I love her. Trim. Dexa Trim. She's like, we took speed together as a family. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, so she's funny because she... You know, I saw a, a clip of one of her jokes where she talks about her children having boundaries yeah, so um, funny. when they had their baby. Now, here's what's really interesting is I think part of the reason, too, why younger people are more open to talking about boundaries or initiating it is things like therapy or emotional oh, yes. health have become less stigmatized. Yes. So it is part of our language and i would say yes it was probably for growing up oh, what well, i was going to say for um probably gen xers and above so like gen xers what, and boomers what, what you're an I? xer am i xer i believe i'm 54 we know you yeah. say it every time <laughs> <laughs> i am actually called a geriatric millennial okay technically okay. Okay. but millennials and then there's gen z and so on and so forth listen if but you those, were in therapy or in counseling when i was young and my parents would be talking oh, about someone that gosh. went to counseling. It was with it would, a negative. It was, and it was an extreme. It was something right. extreme. And it was always like, oh, that poor person. Right. Like pray for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just so troubled. And I think that's, you know, thank God for the positive oh. millennials that have brought light to yes, absolutely. Um, mental health and support absolutely. and those types of things. Now, I think what. The positive, why this is more prevalent too, is it's given people permission to not tolerate bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Because listen, a lie that we've been told, whether it's a generational thing or if it's a church thing, is you just put up with it. Their family. Mm-hmm. Oh, and grace. This, oh, this you is give just, grace. Yeah. Grace. Grace. They're just honor your father and mother. Yes. Uh, forgiveness. 
they're your family. They're not going to be around forever. Blood is thicker than water. You know, all those things that we tell ourselves is you just have to deal with it. And there is a generation of people, and I would say probably some Gen Xers, but really the millennial generation that's saying, absolutely not. Now, I know there's going to be people that are listening to to this that are like, well, I'm a boomer and I go to therapy. Thank God for you. Because there are people that need to lead the way to say, hey, this isn't stigmatized. Now, what age is boomer? Boomer, oh, I'm so bad at remembering all this more? stuff. I mean, let me, I Boomer that. is like my mom, my parents' age. Okay. So when we look at family estrangement or boundaries, there are some things that trigger these responses. And here are some of the most common would be harsh parenting practices, traumatic events like mm-hmm. sexual abuse, mm-hmm. uh, favoritism among kids or pitting mm-hmm. kids against mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm an ugly divorce that happened with parents where maybe mm-hmm. kids were pushed to choose sides, um, hostile communication mm-hmm. uh, with family. And so some of those are things where people have said, hey, this keeps happening to me and this cannot keep happening to me. So we, we are putting up a boundary. The last thing I want to share that I read in this New York Times article was, um, you know, in this, in this um, conversation, another piece is what role do parents play? You know, um, what role do parents play? We talk a lot of, not we, but it's more common to talk about helicopter parents. Mm -hmm. There are, part of this movement is in conjunction and in response to that. Because there are parents that will say, how can you, how can you push me away like this? How can you, or can you not, not even speak parent. to me? How yeah. can you? I gave you everything. Yeah, 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 I sacrificed yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah. And the response to that is, well, the child needs their own life. Mm-hmm. And so the helicopter parent, you know, the lie they tell themselves is that they're making life better for their children by sacrificing everything. But also it's a lot of pressure on kids to be your the parent's everything or to be the parent's best friend or to be the parent's world. And I think that is a lot of pressure on kids to say, you know, I've given you everything. How can you turn your back on me? And really what the child is saying when they say boundary or when they say I need some space is I need to explore my own life Mm -hmm. apart from you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you are Mm -hmm. invited to be a part Mm -hmm. of my life. Mm -hmm. um, And I want you to be a part of my life, but I need to have my life too. And I think sometimes it's even those well-intentioned parents Mm -hmm. I think that can hurt too when your kids need some space. It, you know, it could sting. But really what they're saying is I need a I need a life too, away from you, not in a bad way, in a way that says well, in you a know, healthy way. Where I'm making yeah. choices for me and I'm exploring by myself and those types of things. So so that's kind of some of the backstory. That's kind of where we are in um, statistics and in America right now, but I know you have your own, you know, we both we have both personal yeah. stories yeah. about it. And can you just share with me what triggered your post and kind of tell us where your mind was thinking? Cause what I want to share from your post that I wrote down is some of your call to action, like your response, yeah. mm-hmm. but can you give us a little backstory in context yes. before we get to like yeah. the, what yeah. should we do about it? Yes. Okay, I want to say two things before I do that. The first one is we're probably going to have episode two about this. This is going <laughs> yeah. to be a two-parter yeah, yeah. because this is an important topic. It's a it's a sensitive topic. Absolutely, it's a it's a topic that I think is not the same for everyone. Right. Um. That's the first thing. The second thing is you and I are not clinical 
counselors. No. So anything that we say or share is from a place of experience and a, right. and a place of of what we have discovered and learned from right. our situations. We are not telling you to do the same thing. Right. We're not suggesting you do the same thing. With family dysfunction or family estrangement, I cannot stress enough. I cannot encourage enough. I cannot stress enough to go get under some professional Absolutely. help before you, you know, before you go putting any firm boundaries up, go help, go get some help to be navigated Absolutely. in that way. Absolutely. Um, so, so for me, often what, what happens when I start thinking, when, when, when I start really thinking this way was mm -hmm. in the forefront of my mind is when, when there's big events, mm -hmm. like when there's big life events, like, yeah. um, you know, of course Christmas would be part of that. And oh. you lived with us when, you know, we, I, I have a fa family estrangement. Well, really well, it, do, have we ever told the story of how we met? I think we did. I think we told the story we? Well, we of can tell again. the first time we hung yes, out. Yes. So it's the Mother's first Day. time we hung out was, um, I was working as a youth pastor at your church mm -hmm. and I had started working there. I think like at the end of January we had met, you know, I'd interacted with yeah. your kids yeah, and Daryl. Yeah, we were in passing, and you know, and you, one of the first times I ever came <laughs> over to your house was mother's day mother's and you had right. nothing to do. Um, my parents lived in New Jersey at the right. time, so I couldn't just go home for a weekend just for mother's day. So I wasn't with my mom and you said, it's Mother's Day, and I decided I'd like to make some of my favorite things. So I came over <laughs> to your house, and I don't remember everything you made, but I believe there was um, chocolate cake and homemade bread involved. Listen, and that's I what said, you did, yeah. because you, you didn't have anything to do on yeah, Mother's right, Day. Right, you, right, right. I, I'm making a big assumption here, but my assumption would be is in the past... Mother's Day yeah. was spent with your mom. Yeah, dinner around the table. And because like, of circumstances that you were in at the time and right. you know ways that you were being guided and boundaries you would put up, you weren't with your mom right, that day. Right. And so, so you said I'm like, let's celebrate me as yeah, a mom. Exactly. And, and, and I remember um I remember saying to you like, We're we're gonna do carbs all day long. And you're like <laughs> Oh my word! I found my people. This is my best <laughs> yeah. friend. Yeah, and we did homemade bread. We did cake. Remember, we did chocolate yeah, cake. Yeah. We did homemade bread. We did. I mean, I really Again, think it was that would be fifteen years ago. Yeah, fifteen yep. years yeah, ago. 15 That's years crazy. Ago. Yep, and and so so well, this is a perfect example. So so for something like that. You know, I, I'm not celebrating with my mother. I'm not with my right. siblings. Right. I'm not with my siblings celebrating my mother. Not not even texting or having conversations with my siblings about like, hey, we should do this for right. mom. You know, none right. of that stuff. None of the hype and, leading up and, to it. And God put in place you. Yeah. Who yeah. who who filled this space in our life mm -hmm. that was um was needed. Yeah. So I I I, I think it's when events happen and I'm like, look at, look at what mm -hmm. God has done. He mm -hmm. has, he has brought people. He's, he's folded people into my life that I can invest in them and, and love on them. But in, ex but, but also at the same time in exchange for that, yeah. they're filling the space that, that right. I don't have anymore. Right. Um, I had just gotten back that I wrote that post. I had just gotten back from the Whitakers. We had had such a great time. Mm -hmm. we, I, I was invited to do wedding dress try on mm -hmm. and every, yeah. and all of that. And it just felt like God has, has had folded in people where right. I was like, 
look at this thing. I get to celebrate with this wonderful family Absolutely. and it feels very family. Right. And, um, so, so that's usually what spurs it for me yeah. is like, is, is ev- events or occasions. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, God has really brought, mm-hmm. you know, Miriam, um, my mentor mm-hmm. has been one of those people. I mean, right. when I needed someone, I felt like I really felt like I, at when I needed someone the very most, right. you know, she really stepped into my life and was like a mentor or mother figure and still is. I mean, and just, you know, I, I think that's the beauty of, of the faith that you and I practice, mm-hmm. um, and believing that, that God can, you know, take something that is very broken, very hard, very sad, very mm-hmm. filled with grief and turmoil, and he can make something really beautiful. Right. But we have to do our part, Matt. Right. You know, I, w- would it be helpful? Here's what I'm thinking is if we're doing a part one and a part two. Okay. Is in this, the time that we have left together, can we explore a little bit? How do we get to the place where we're putting up a boundary? What does that look like? When we're because we're both in situations where we have some boundaries. Right. Um, and there's some extreme boundaries and there's some not extreme boundaries. You know what I mean? Can we talk a little yes. bit about that first? Yeah. And then maybe the next time we're together um, next week, we can talk about, you know, what do we do? Like, what do we do? Like, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. so if somebody is on the other end of this listening and they're like, I feel like I am in a cycle of something with with a family yeah, member. It could be a or, cycle of verbal, verbal abuse, it could right. be emotional abuse, it could be manipulation. Right. It could be every time you get around family, you're like, oh, oh my word, I'm coming out. I'm crawling out right. of my skin. I feel terrible about myself when I leave. Right. I'm in tears. There's Yeah, me. what what do we what are we looking for if somebody's like maybe I need to do this or maybe I'm in something like this where I I well, I would say I would like? say that we all instinctively know when when our well I well the, I'll say this I think that that there are signs and there are things there are situations there are conversations that are hard and not nice and uncomfortable and you're like it shouldn't be this way right okay right then our each of our family d- units have a way that we that we handle that. Right. You know, we have the peacemaker, then we have the person that talks all the time, then we have the person that blows up and walks out of the room. Mm-hmm. Like all these dynamics. Mm-hmm. And our family has functioned that way. Yes. So that's the way they've functioned. And so you're like, well, this is just the way our family is. So are you saying as children through high school? Absolutely. Absolutely. We all have a role. We, we do. Yes. Usually I think there is a pivotal moment where an in-law steps in mm. a a situation happens maybe with money or finances or your business something happens that says okay now now we have to do something about the way we're all interacting in the way that we're all handling yeah. this right yeah. so so when that happens i think when you go to a clinical professional, when you go to a counselor, and, and I just had this happen with a friend of mine who has been talking about counseling for years, finally went to counseling, and she's like, oh, my word, this right. works. And when you go to someone and you tell them everything. So my my story is is we were in business with family. Um, a pivotal, a catalyst moment happened. Um, things were said. Things were done. And that's, and that's not just one-sided. That's all of us, totally. you know. And, and I played my part, they played their part, you know, we, that's a good uh, right? way to say that. Yeah. So, so, but I knew that things were escalating Yeah. and I knew that, um, 
I knew that the communication was difficult and hurtful and all of that. Right. So I went to counseling and probably the fourth or fifth session, I was going once a week at that point. Um, my counselor looked at me and she said, Hey, before you go, I need to say this to you mm. and I'll never forget this. Yeah. She said, you know that this is not the way a healthy family is supposed to communicate and this is not how it works. Right. You know, this is very unhealthy, right? Right. And I remember looking at her with a, I think probably an, a blank expression, like mm. really, mm-hmm. because this is just and how you're serious. Li- that yes. wasn't sarcastic. You no. were like, Oh, like, like this, not everyone. Well, and my response or in my head and what I've always had told myself, well, this is just the way our family, this is just the way we do family. Right. This is just the way we all communicate. And I play this role. They play that. I, I didn't know those terms then, but everybody kind of played their role. This is just the way it goes. Right. Right. You know? Right. And that started to open up this whole new way of looking at the way it should be. Right, right. And even advocating for myself, which is so hard when you're trying to make peace or you're trying to in your own in your own way, yep. you're saying, I'm just gonna love them. I'm just gonna yep. I'm just gonna try to understand. I'm just gonna try to talk or I'm just gonna try to you know, you try different approaches and different oh, yeah. things and, and you're not under clinical help or clinical right. counseling. So you're just trying it all. Right, right. Right. And, and when you're trying all that, you might do it for a couple of weeks and then it all falls back into the old way yep. that you're, it's a cyclical kind of yeah, behavior. Absolutely. And, and I think that when someone is brave enough in that dynamic to say, I'm going to go get help. Mm-hmm. They're the person, whether that's the parent, whether it's a sibling, whether it's a grandchild, that's the person, well, that's the person that takes, that takes Fall. the hits. That's yep. the person that takes the hits first. Yep. And then, um, and then really by the time that, <laughs> by the time all of my estrangement happened, which was uh, lots of people in my family, right. I was really well on my way to, to a healthier place mm-hmm. that I was mm-hmm. like the health and what we're experiencing in our marriage and with our children yes. and with our family finances this this is this is a better way. Right. Absolutely. This is a more peaceful way. Absolutely. This is a more life loving, just dre- generous, kind mm-hmm. way to live. This is how I want to live. This is how I want to yeah, live. Yeah, you saw the other side. Um, I'll tell you um a quick story about how do I know? Like how yeah. do I know? So so I start going to counseling. And one of the things that Maureen, my counselor's name was Maureen. I'm so sorry she's retired. So don't DM me and ask me for the name of my counselor. I told her I would go until she either retired or died. And and she retired. (laughs) Um, She said, so I would tell her situations. Well, this person said this or this person said that or whatever. And she would say, oh, no. Mm. You, You need to say when they say something that is disparaging disrespectful, hurtful to mm-hmm. your character or to your heart or like absolutes like you never, or you owe any of that stuff. You need to just go quiet and say, you do not have permission right. to speak to me that way. Right. Now I did not talk like that to my family. Right. I did not say those things to my family. Right. So I surely will not say the family member, but I had been in counseling for a while. I had, I had, I had started to limit my interactions around. Mm -hmm. Now this is my Mm -hmm. family of origin. So siblings and parents, I 
had to drop something off somewhere at, mm-hmm. at, at, at one of their houses. And when I walked in, the person said, I don't know what's bigger, your mouth or your ass. Yeah. And I had been away from it long enough that it just went straight through me like, oh, no, you don't have permission to talk to me that way. Right. You're like, I'm not going back. So I looked at the I looked at that person and I said, you don't have permission to talk to me that way. I'm leaving. Goodbye. And I turned around and I walked out. And what did they do? I don't know. I turned around and walked out and they didn't come after you or say no, because that was very normal. Right. That was like a very normal, like way to things to say or way to act. And right. And when you start advocating for a healthier way for yourself or, you know, this isn't, this isn't, no one should speak to someone this way. Yeah. No one should say certain things to, to you that are so, um, not just disrespectful, just like a, a blow to your self confidence, like just all of that. Like, and, and that was, that was when I, that was when I knew Mm -hmm. that going to counseling was the right path. Right. And the way that our family interacted was not a healthy dynamic. Right. Absolutely. Um, I think that's so wise. That's so wise to get out of it because I think when you step away and then you get help and then you come back, it's almost like, whoa, whoa, what did I step into? But I think we're so blinded to it when we're in it, it. when we're in the thick of it. And I think sometimes getting away from it. So having friends or other experiences or, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, um, with my family and mine, mine would, mine's a little, my story's a little bit different in that, um, Mine would be a side of our family, <laughs> right? Right. Um, por- not necessarily. A of your family, yeah, it's not a portion. Your family of it wouldn't be like yeah. So when I'm speaking of my family, you know, I have a wonderful relationship with my mom. My dad has now passed away, but it's really my dad's side of the family that I am estranged from, mm-hmm. and part of it is his death was a catalyst for that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But even before that. There were things, there were red flags that I was like, oh, I don't like this. And the older I got and the more emotionally healthy I Mm -hmm. got and the Mm -hmm. more I started, I know I'm tapping the table, table the more I, I started to see, and I would even say a big catalyst for me was going to college Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. seeing how other people functioned Mm -hmm. and how other families were. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that also opened my eyes and then just pursuing my own emotional health. And I think I think I saw a lot of it um, through my life, even as a kid. I that's a I'm a whole different story. For like, I was a very intuitive kid, um, and a very aware, very sensitive. I'm an Enneagram six. If anyone knows the Enneagram, and I was always on my toes about reading the room and reading adults and how are we, mm-hmm. how's everybody doing? Um, so I always knew. But I think I got permission to say I'm not going to be a part of it Mm -hmm. as I became Mm -hmm. an adult. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately, you know, a very, very long and detailed story short is my dad's death was the catalyst for estrangement. Right. And it wasn't for me. It was maybe a little bit different. It was a little quieter. Mm -hmm. Um, It just kind of stopped. Yeah. And it was people stopped calling and people stop texting and inviting but also at the same time i I was gonna say yes i i didn't do it back so you know if well and also you you there's a level of 
peace that I have yes. without that. Yes. And I think that you, I think that you kindly and quietly set a standard of what you were going to Absolutely. allow. Absolutely. And Another catalyst, honestly, for boundaries with me would be my marriage. Mm-hmm. Is when you mm-hmm. bring someone and, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, this could make me cry because I know the part of your story is how your husband was treated mm-hmm. and how through all of this, some of the players that you're alluding to, how they treated your husband. And for me, you know, we were just at the beginning of our mm-hmm. marriage when mm-hmm. some of this started and um, I just didn't want to pull her into that. Right. And so we were already and Mallory came to our marriage an incredibly emotionally healthy person. I mean, Lord, all of the bridesmaids in our wedding were clinical counselors. <laughs> and, and, you know, I would say Mallory has been a part of saying, like, I mean, she might not say this phrase, but I felt like I've seen her act in this way. Like, yeah. oh, hell no. Yeah. Like, we're not going like, there. We aren't go- we're not this, participating in this. No, this yeah. is not... This is not a healthy way. Right. Right. So I think, and, and we're going to wrap up here and, but we're going to do a a second one. Yeah. But here's how, here's how we'll, we'll wrap it up is if you find yourself constantly questioning yourself, right. Constantly wanting to cry. Right. Honestly, when you're interacting with family, constantly tiptoeing eggshells, Yes. Triangulation. Well, if I tell my mom that, then she's going to tell my brother that, but yep. then my sister-in-law is going to say that. Yep. Like We're pitting people against that, each other. Yeah. Those are your signals. Like Absolutely. right now, if you're listening, this is your, these are your signals mm-hmm. to find a very good clinical counselor yes. and go. Absolutely. Because then you will start to walk a path of put implementing things mm-hmm. that not only protect you, because see, I thought when I when I started, I thought this was about me just getting through this and protecting, right. like getting healthy myself and protecting me. But mm-hmm. what I have discovered, I'm mm-hmm. 54. Listen to me. What I have discovered, all these years later, is what I was doing was setting in motion the healthy dynamic for our sons. Absolutely, our boys don't. They do not possess one bit of the dysfunction mm-hmm. that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. In fact, if they hear stories or they hear things said, they're like, wait, what? Yep. Like yeah. they, they're shocked. Like it's like it's foreign. You're breaking that generational cycle. Yes. I mean, you really yes. are. Yes. So I can't, I can't say enough how mm-hmm. if you, if you know in your gut, like it shouldn't be this way. Yep. I feel like, I feel like I get stomach distress every time I'm right. You need to find a really good family or clinical counselor to get under that, right. that counsel. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And here's what I'll say too. Not every situation with clinical counseling and boundaries ends in something as extreme as estrangement. That's a very extreme case. Right. But here's the reality is if you're listening to this, you might have someone in your family that is passive aggressive to you or tries to outdo you or money's part of the conversation or they comment on your weight like the story you shared or maybe politics or faith has come into your relationship and that's a tumultuous thing. A clinical counselor will not say you need to estrange yourself from this person. Right. What they will do is set up boundaries and guardrails on how to yes. communicate in Good a point. better way. Yes. And the hope is that you get the desired relationship you want with yes. that person. Yes. So what I want you to hear 
in this is we're not leading you to say, oh my gosh, push everyone out of that is not that is not the totally. end goal. The end goal here is ultimate health. Yes, and for everyone. The hope I would say the first hope in health is that there is restoration and that mm. there are there's health mm-hmm. and that there's vibrancy and life to relationships. Yes. But sometimes those strategies don't work and you might need to try plan B. Yeah, that's good. And sometimes plan B is really hard mm-hmm. and sometimes plan B leaves you really lonely. Mm-hmm. But I will say you you are going the the ultimate goal is for your health. Right. And that can include the people that are hurting right. you right now. Right, right, right. But sometimes it doesn't include right. those people. Um, the the friend I was alluding to earlier that went and got counseling and it had to do with, you know, family mm-hmm. family dysfunction and family just relationship. Um, uh, well, and we'll end here because this is good. Yeah. I mean, this can lead us into the next thing is that her counselor, she, she loves the counselor she yeah. got connected with. And her counselor encouraged her to write a letter to a particular family member, mm-hmm. and she did. And then that family member called her immediately and said, I want to do lunch. And and it's all going so well wow. because of the things, some of the things That's that good. she needed to say right. that she didn't realize that she could give her permission, herself permission to say those right. things. Right. She just wasn't sure, like right. if she should or she shouldn't. Right. And it was just making it, it was actually making it worse with not saying anything. Right. And so... Um, that, you know, that's the hope is that, Absolutely. you know, you go three or four sessions and they give you a tip and you're like, oh my gosh, this, great made, this, strategies made, yeah, this yes. has made things so much better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a good way to end. Yes. Hey, well, thank you for joining us in part one of this conversation. Yes. Be sure to tune in the next time we're together because we're, we want to offer some more ways on how to get this ball rolling yes. for you and mm-hmm. how, maybe how to give yourself permission to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure you come in for part two um, the next time we're together. Well, whether ordinary or extraordinary, we hope you see that these, these are, are good, good days. days.